Chelsea and welcome to the Adma Adma's podcast where you'll be joining me in driving discussions to bring the conversation on sustainability to the forefront of the fashion industry. This week we'll be catching up with Anna Keo, the funny and bubbly fashion illustrator behind her namesake brand Anna Keo. Anna has an extensive creative background in both art and fashion design. Alongside being an illustrator, she's also a huge sustainability and mental health advocate, hoping to bring joy through her quirky and uplifting work, especially through her custom illustrations. Some topics that we'll be touching upon today are how she's currently evolving her current job title as a fashion sustainable illustrator, how she uses digital tools to bring a more contemporary approach to the field of fashion illustration, and finally, talking about her sustainable graduate menswear collection, in which was inspired by her research in men's mental health and won her a semi-finalist position at the Redress 2019 competition. Just like any other creative, we'll be bouncing a lot from one art discipline to another, but I really hope this chat will give you guys an interesting insight into her creative mind. If you're enjoying the show so far and would like to help me spread the word about the importance of fashion sustainability, you can do so by dropping a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or alternatively, you can share the show on your social media platforms, and then that way I can also connect and thank you all personally. So yeah, without further ado, let's chat with Anna. Hey Anna, welcome, welcome to the show. How's everything going? Oh, thanks very well. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> really? What's been happening? Um, so far, working on my Instagram and just working for myself and just been busy. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to mix, like keep the moves going. Yeah. Amazing. So we always start off the podcast with a little game and it's called AA Assumptions. And that's when I say three statements and you reply if you think they should be true or false and why. So you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> Sweet. So then the first one is technology is the future for sustainable fashion. I think that is true because um, there is so much on potential in, uh, in technology for sustainability in fashion. For example, as you know, using more iPads, using more graphic work to do your illustrations or even do your sketchbooks. And I think a lot of uh, universities, for example, learned that during the pandemic that they need to be more future forward than how they teach at the moment as well. And that goes regards everything because I think fashion is very wasteful when you're a student or when you're in the industry. You use so much paper, pattern paper, and there are new technologies for making your patterns just in CAD, making your whole garment in 3D kind of sculptured way. You don't even mm. have to make the garment for a fashion show. Now you can just have a 3D fashion show designed in your computer. And then if you have orders, you can just put in the orders and make the actual garment. It's going to look exactly like the kind of 3D cloud kind of designed uh, option of your uh, collection. So I think there are so many things in that is definitely the best and only way forward for the industry mm. i know this might be too like deep dive in too quickly but well, then what do you think about then the traditional skills that we may lose from that i think the skills are still necessary like you still need to know how to do pattern cutting you still need to know how to do uh, clothes cutting how to do tailoring how to do sewing that's not going to go anywhere but there are so many ways within having these skills you can apply and we can apply them to using technology. So if you know how to do a pattern for a t-shirt, you can make it in a computer and that saves you time. That lets you do, you know, lets you see the fit and everything without wasting materials to make a sample. So I think the skills are still necessary, but I think everyone needs to improve and look for this because a lot of things, a lot of things in fashion are still done as they were done 20 years ago. So only now some mm -hmm. brands are, kind of trying out these things to become more future forward and I think it's going to take a bit of time especially in education system because um, mm. they're a bit slower adapting all of this but you can see industry is moving there slowly slowly and um, skills are going to be necessary but are going to change in requirements that they had a few years ago like to know how to use Adobe or Office it wasn't a requirement mm -hmm. five years ago and now that was all you get in university how to use how to make specs, how to use Photoshop, Illustrator, everything. And it's just must have. 
you just can't work in fashion mm. if you don't know how to use it. Mm. Great. So then the second statement is people who draw digitally on iPads or tablets aren't true artists. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean I think this is so false. Obviously you can see that by looking at work. You can always see if someone has a talent or someone has a handwriting when they're drawing. You get for example, you can see when people just use that trace tool and you know just fill in faces there's no like nose no mouth and no nothing because that's the hardest thing to draw no fingers then you can see but I think I I use digital uh, tools for my art and I've been in art school since I was five years old I know how to paint I know how to use acrylic I know how to use oil painting I know how to do academical drawing that is the most boring thing in the world I think but I do have that background a lot of people do uh, I think iPod is just amazing tool of you having a whole box of colors that you would usually need like a lot of storage space for, you would need to like buy them, spend a lot of money on it. And you can even make the illustrations look digitally like they're done by hand if you really want to have that aesthetic and feel for your work. So that's not a problem. And I think that's just a, a, that's just a statement that really annoys me because it's not true. You still need to know how to draw. Obviously, you can mm. trace an image, but then you always need to give that little thing that is your your style, your technique, your kind of handwriting within that. And if you don't have it, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to really understand like the study with art to then interpret like what you're saying. Because I think, yeah, I agree. Because I think like my friends who aren't studying in the art or creative space and they they think art is just it has to be as realistic as possible and you have to do it by hand with pencil or you know like with all the shading like that's the only thing that they regard as art you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so anything outside of that box they're like that's not art so they'll be like oh that you know like if I take them to the gallery and they're like why is this like a splash of paint and you're calling this a masterpiece like okay (laughs) like I get what you're trying to say, but it's not the point. <laughs> yeah, I think it just within art and like, you know, art, art as we know, the classical paintings, the peak was yeah. the Renaissance peak was like all the works that you can see in Italy and Florence. That's the peak of art. It's not going to get any better than that. We're not going to be next to yeah. Vinci or Michelangelo, unfortunately. Exactly. So, but there's so many other ways how to be an artist. So, yeah. So then the third statement is fashion illustration has now become too jaded or boring. I think that is true. Same as as we talked before, fashion industry not being very future forward. I think the same for illustration industry. You can see that there are still a lot of famous illustrators that are on their agencies who work, who create illustrations that don't look realistic. You know, they would draw like Karl Lagerfeld used to draw just a leg is one line and everything is like so <laughs> over stylized nothing is real and the girls are all slim and there's no kind of body inclusivity there's just nothing real like I know they're like pretty but <clears throat> I think they're very outdated at the moment because as fashion industry is moving forward with having more inclusive models having beauty marks mm-hmm. tattoos visible on the models I think that's what you want to see in illustration as well you want to see the imperfection you want to see little freckles and little things. I had a situation with my printers and I was printing out one of my artworks for a market that I did and I had a lot of beauty marks on my model and they didn't want to print it out because they thought um, they thought it's some kind of glitch in the illustration. Mm -hmm. Little little, like dots on the face. I was like the beauty marks guys come on. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah you're like oh okay I was like yeah they're just beauty marks. People have them and I like to draw them then because you can't see them but then it kind of pulls it all together or did like some illustrations for a brand that the models had a lot of tattoos. Obviously I didn't redraw the tattoos, I kind of mimic them. So it looks like mm-hmm. they're tattooed, but I think it's so important for illustration industry to become more realistic because that is more beautiful than just having these kind of long legged, I think the proportionally the models don't look good as well because the legs start at their boobs. I <laughs> 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 almost look like that really, do we? <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, it's it's an important point actually because then it's like a reflection of where the industry's moving. Exactly. And I think all of the bits are a part of industry, like illustration, fashion, like design, but like everything is like kind of intertwined together. 
and it is gay. Mm. It's just it's just boring to look at them. They're beautiful, but like, what do you mm. do with them then? Yeah. <laughs> so now, just for our listeners who may have not come across you or your work, could you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you came about in starting your brand Anarchio? <laughs> uh, yeah, so hello everyone uh, who haven't met me. Um, I'm Anna Keo and um, the brand started, it's funny to call it brand, I'm still, I'm still not taking it too seriously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the brand started as a university account to show my artwork as a fashion designer because I thought that was important. Put, put yourself out there, not just wait for a finished portfolio, like perfect product. So I just started posting my sketchbooks, my kind of daily studio you know, drinking coffee each morning rituals and stuff like that. And uh, it just came around the point of graduating and I started just thinking, oh, what I would like to do with this Instagram account. I had nice following on there, a lot of engagement with other designers, with other people from other universities that ended up meeting in Graduate Fashion Week. And then I just thought, okay, well, this could be like a platform for me showcasing maybe my illustrations because I got a lot of compliments on my portfolio on my illustrations. And I was like, I was, oh, there's cool illustrations. How do you make them? I thought, well, I was like complimenting them. And then I put them on one of my um, sweatshirts that I made from a graduation collection as well. I thought, oh, maybe that's something kind of I've never thought about. But, you know, when every time when I went to a job interview, I showed someone in the industry, they were like, oh, the illustrations are very good. And I ended up kind of mm. starting it. Um, so yeah, I graduated from Nottingham Trent University last year. And um, before then, I've been studying fashion for seven years in Latvia and I kind of art design school that was quite good and quite intense and technical and actually at that art school by the dean I got told that I can't draw so I get no. yeah it was like a bit of I think coming to England and just studying in my university it was like a bit of eye-opener to me because that I think that you know that school that I was studying before they were used to this kind of classical fashion drawing long legs mm-hmm. you know kind of bit unrealistic very artistic but I was more like kind of digital. I did everything like an illustrator. So they looked bit in the beginning, they looked very like unpleasing, bit awkwardly moving. And yeah, I got mm-hmm. told by the dean of that uh, school that I, you can't draw, you draw like a kindergarten, you, you know, something from kindergarten. I was like, oh my God. So I had like a really big imposter syndrome of like drawing and not doing anything. But once I yeah, started studying in NTU, teacher was just like they were like encouraging us to oh, just draw whatever if it looks ugly you know keep drawing it will get better you know being a designer is not about doing illustrations and then I ended up winning a competition for River Island because of my illustrations and I was like what yeah yeah exactly and then I, was, I think that was like kind of a big turning point for me and that's why it was like first, my, that was first time when I started kind of doing a lot more digital drawings and experimenting. I didn't watch any videos of how to do it. I just bought a cheap, cheapest graphic tab and just started drawing. And I was like, okay, let's just do, you know, let's do white lines, not black. Let's do it differently. Because for me, it's always look for different techniques, different ways to do things. And the white line is still something that's very signature to my illustrations. So that's where I struggle sometimes with printing because it'll be much easier to just print it out in a white paper or something mm-hmm. you know neutral but then I always need to have like bright backgrounds so that illustration pops and everything kind of mm. comes together aesthetically so yeah that's in short about me and that currently I'm a sustainable fashion illustrator oh, okay. <laughs> wow that's a that's a roller coaster so did you say you studied fashion design or art before you ended up in illustration um, so I studied um, in a, that school that said I can't draw. It was very academical and academical drawings, academical paintings. We had like uh, open air, like planners where we need to go into nature for a week and just draw what we see. So I have a lot of like oh. academical education in arts. It's very, I would say like Eastern European, like Russian classical kind of drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. education and slash that it was fashion design it was more like basics of how to make skirts how to make you know it was only women's wear fashion because our teachers mm. didn't like men's wear fashion so we only were allowed to study women's um that is so weird <laughs> yeah there was like one girl that was rebelling around and be like oh i want to do men's wear. i want to do men's wear. and everyone was like no i'm not gonna help you with that so there was only one teacher that allowed her to do men's wear that is so weird why not men's wear 
I think as menswear is more complicated and actually a university I got into menswear design and I am considering mm -hmm. myself a menswear designer. So whenever I do projects for myself or I work with clients that now at the moment they're mixed men's, women's underwear and I don't really care about that because I know once you know, you know how to do everything. But I think maybe mm -hmm. for that level, they thought it's too complicated to understand women, menswear fashion because the detail, attention to detail, the you know precision of your patterns, it needs to be spot on because it just looks horrible. It's not like a, you know, a dress can be a dress. It's just an A silhouette or something. It's pretty easy to make. It's not too complicated, but for men to make a suit, oh my God. I had an exam in university of making a suit that was so hard, that was so intense. <laughs> so, yeah, I can imagine tailor wear being really intense. Yeah, so I think they just didn't want it to overwhelm us with that and they didn't, moments are designers all their lives, so they didn't have the knowledge, so they weren't willing to go out of their comfort zone as well, so I was like, okay, whatever. So I just did women's wear for four years, but it gave me good basic and in my mm -hmm. university they were like, yeah, you do whatever you want to do and I was like I really thought I'm going to be a women's art designer and then in the second year I did first men's work like kind of project and I was like oh my god I love it I was like oh my god this is like a new world for me yeah yeah I think I had that kind of um light bulb moment as well because I was always drawn into women's wear because I guess like you know shopping for ourselves shopping for we know like the trends the style like yeah. the way it fits and everything and we are so I don't know I feel like yeah we start off with being really interested through women's wear but then when you get stuck into men's wear it is a new world like you understand a different mindset to the way they they shop they dress um different styling like you put yourself out that box and it mm -hmm. becomes very exciting to like learn new things and personally I really like I'm more into menswear now to be honest than women's wear like I do shop in men's I shop I always look at like the men's stuff sometimes even before I click on women's wear yeah definitely feel you on that one yeah it is better made and I like the idea that you said about like being in different but it is you need to think differently because guys think differently about clothes than women yeah. unfortunately it's just like amazing you know yeah cool so let's like um focus first on the job role that you basically just invented for yourself which I feel so like it's so cool because it's very unique as well and you call yourself a sustainable fashion illustrator so do you want to like maybe explain what's the meaning behind that like what is it exactly <laughs> yes yeah, sure uh, I think uh, the meaning of this this is a title in making because sustainable illustrator isn't something that you can google and find a lot of things about actually I just made it up for myself because I'm very passionate about sustainability in fashion and I love doing illustrations. I thought how to combine that. And um, I was thinking about how to define this. And I think the def definition of that would be sustainable illustrator is someone that thinks about their practice as any other person that does something within sustainability in any industry. So it starts with little things. If I'm printing something, if I'm making product, I think about how to not contribute to the overconsumptuous of the world, how to make it locally, how to, what can I print at home? Can I work, so I'm working with some printers locally. I work with small, other small businesses in the area that I live in. So I Googled around like who's near me, who I can work with. And they're using ecological uh, inks. So this is all like a different new world for me because I know more about fabrics. So I've learned a lot about papers and <clears throat> I think it goes into, you know, thinking about where your product comes from, what papers you use, can can everything be recycled? So everything in my collections, in my card collections, in my print collections, everything is 100% recyclable because the ink is ecological. So that means the paper can be recycled. Sometimes the paper is not recycled one. It depends on what looks better printing ways, but still paper says paper can be recycled. Obviously in the future, I would love to find a paper that's made from old pizza boxes or waste or you have like another aspect mm -hmm. to my brand and all the plastics that you can see all the films around like cards or like artwork that's all made from biodegradable post-consumption waste so I look into suppliers that's actually quite easy to find if you just google sustainable crafts crafts and art supplies they're a bit more expensive when they're ordering from Amazon but then I think when you end up like raising your price a bit but then people know it's good for mm -hmm. you know environment if people can understand that and that's what i like about that 
because I don't ever want to do something that just contributes to the waste that we're already creating. And then the other aspect yeah. that I'm coming around just now as an illustrator is thinking consciously about what I'm drawing. Obviously, because I draw digitally mostly. Sometimes I do like some sketches and designs out on papers. I have like hundred mini little notebooks where I draw ideas, draw like write down ideas. Ideas, but then I'm thinking about you know if I'm illustrating a brand, if I'm looking at a photo shoot or like a magazine spread is this an indie magazine is this vogue magazine so i'm trying to look more at indie magazines because they're promoting more indie brands more small small sustainable fashion brands and that's what i'm kind of looking into just that's another part that is growing within my practice and looking if i'm promoting a brand i'm not promoting i don't know like burberry or like big luxury houses because they have a team they have people that work on it already and I don't think that that's sustainable. So that comes in within, you know, being a sustainable fashion illustrator of thinking about all these little bits. And obviously, as I keep doing this, they're going to be another thing, like another parts are going to grow into being a sustainable fashion illustrator that I'm going to be like, oh, this is something that I can, you know, do within my practice as well. I haven't come across that yet. As I said, <laughs> I didn't want this title myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is still a title and a progress it's still changing each day and um, i'm just trying to i think sustainability is journey so whatever you can do to be sustainable is good i think it's always good to like be open with everyone that you know i'm a sustainable illustrator so this is what i do within my ethical kind of values what values i have as an illustrator so yeah yeah amazing it definitely answered my next question with um uh, yeah but like ensure how do you ensure like the practices your practices are sustainable but no no it makes total sense and yeah i think it went together but i just completely yeah. together absolutely. no yeah. it's it's ideal like it um it flows amazing so what does your working stages look like well first of all you cry <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> i'm not joking it depends it depends it's i think being creative within and anything it's a bit of struggle because it's always about putting it out there and then being you know feeling judged or not feeling judged you know having that imposter syndrome as i told you about you know me getting told that i can't draw really so i'm still working within you know or you can't really draw and then you know everyone no, actually i can it looks pretty nice so I think it's just about state of mind and then I do my research. I, if I'm uh, if I'm doing, uh, I don't know, a fashion brand, if I'm doing like an illustrations for my Instagram, then it starts with the research. What brands are out there? What new small sustainable brands are coming up? And what's just happening? So I kind of literally ask my followers, like, is there any like cool new fashion brands you have heard of? And I just start by that and then I research their accounts, have a look at their websites. Are they actually sustainable? And uh, sometimes I like to mix it up. As I said, use some indie magazines. So I look, I, I look like through a lot of websites. I go to <clears throat> a lot of brands that, you know, a lot of indie magazine websites directly to find what brands they're featuring. So it's just basically a lot of, lots of research. I have a file, I have like a Pinterest box full, which mm -hmm. you can't really see. It's like an invisible one. I just save all my images if I like, and then I start referencing them and thinking about how I can adapt them, how I can, what color palette I can use for them. Cause I always, as I said, background is important to me cause I'm using a white color. So my brand colors are orange and blue, but if I want to mix it up, I need to think what other colors I can use in garments, what's going to make go nicely. So I experiment with that. Then it's just like kind of, you know, trial of error. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think, oh, this is going to like look so nice together. And then it just looks horrible and it hurts my eyes. <laughs> I need to start over again. But yeah, it's just about, doing the research and then just starting, starting to draw, starting to do like some, actually do, I do like sketching with like a pencil as well, just like to, you know, get the proportion composition right. And then if I need to take some bits from the image, like trace them and just do like a mix of it. Slowly, slowly, usually watching some kind of TV show on Netflix mm -hmm. <laughs> within 14 minutes, I have an illustration ready. Oh, sweet. So. Do you do the sketching and tracing on a tablet or? I do it on, I do everything on iPad because I think, um, I think I used to have a graphic, a graphics pad, just like a kind of a bit wonky one, but like a, not that nice sort of a pencil. And uh, ever since I got an uh, iPad, like just a tablet and an eye pencil, it is created perfectly. It gives the same feel as you're drawing on a paper. It gives you the same handwriting and you can even choose like a 
HB pencil. You can mm. choose 6B if you want like a bolder line or if you want to like, and I like how it reacts on a pressure amazingly. So yeah. the, well, the old graphic tablet that I had, I didn't do it, but if I press it like harder as you would do with a pencil, the pencil goes darker and like thicker. And the whole feel is the same, basically. I think technology has come such a long way and obviously they're still improving. They're working on the screens and making it feel more like paper-like. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be amazing. And you can still, it's like literally same as a paper. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really miss paper. When I'm creating like my own designs, I do draw like mini and they're like, like three feet, two centimeters big, like little like sketches with like silhouettes. Mm -hmm. Of, you know, if I have an idea, oh, this is going to be a Christmas tree, but it's going to have candies on it or pancakes in it. <laughs> so I draw it like very horribly with a pen and like a little notepad that I always have in my bag. But then I go, I sketch it out on my iPad, then I trace it over with like nice smooth lines and you get that definition. And then sometimes you'll be like, oh, that made this bit too nice, bit too clean, and you need to like mess it up again. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. I think on the point also about, um, I think like criticism, criticism. I think like mm -hmm. when you get that, I understand it. Cause like, even as a creative, you kind of put a part of yourself in your work and a part of your personality. So when you get that, it's then like a little disheartening because it's a part of you. And I definitely get it when you were saying like, you know, even your teachers were like, you can't draw, but then clearly you're doing, I feel like you're doing amazing work. Like when I look at your stuff, like I know it's definitely like you, it's like the energy, the colors, it's like the bubbly personality that comes through your work. And I think that is so important in terms of like the style of any piece of work, really. You get like a sense of also the artist. So how would you describe your illustrating and drawing style, like personally? I know you do like the white lines and everything, but what, what kind of like adjectives would you describe your work? Well, this is actually a word that I didn't know a few years ago. My teachers kept telling it about me and my work. It was quirky. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like, what does that mean? I was like, oh yeah, quirky. I was like, oh yeah. And I, I looked at the translation. I was like, this is definitely me. This yeah. is like quirky, like, you know, just equals anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, as I said, unusual. I'm always trying to experiment. I never... I never try to do the same thing again. And um, I, th I think it's just, yeah, experimenting, quirky, unusual, white lines. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes I do get it wrong and, and I go back and I'm like, oh my God, this was like horrible. Why did they even publish that? <laughs> but then I go like, no, okay, no one saw it really. It's like, <laughs> no one liked it. That makes sense. <laughs> it's a process. You're developing that style. Yeah. But that's what I loved about like putting it out on Instagram. I never ever got, dm or like a comment oh this is so ugly i feel like as long as i don't get this hopefully i'm gonna still keep doing it because instagram has helped me to give that confidence of being an illustrator and doing like custom orders for like some people who just wants to have their own illustration for a friend or like for their partner's birthday or something and i thought i would never be able to do that i was like oh my god like like me doing that as soon as i do it i'm like so grateful for each kind of custom order always yeah and i always connect with a person always question them out like you know what's your friend's favorite color you know what do they want and i always get into their mind and try to be like very tailored to their needs so they feel like they've been a part of the process as well yeah for sure and i know that on your website that you mentioned that your illustration is a great tool to uplift others by using like the custom orders as like a personalized gift, which I think is super, super cute. Um, you also include free coloring illustrations, which I think is such a cool idea, especially because you say that you're also an advocate for mental health. And I think that is such a topic that we do definitely need to share more light on, especially within the, like the younger generation. Um, what are the ways in which you try and interweave that topic of mental health into your work as well? Well, I do think uh, that is very, very important. As you said about the free um, coloring uh, templates, I decided to release them in the middle of the lockdown because I just saw a lot of people, just, you know, they're bored at home with their kids and I need something to, do, something to do. And I thought, you know, I have these illustrations. I could like sell them or do something but then i thought okay no this is not a time to like make money this is time to you know get people you know relaxed and help them with their mental health and coloring in in lines or out of the lines it actually helps you to focus on something and it helps you with your mental 
mental health and state of mind a lot. So I thought this is like something cool that I could do. And I think with my work, I'm trying to use always like, I don't use black. No one like probably has noticed that I never used black in my work. Oh. I think there's been like a one exception of like very dark brown. But I literally, I like, I deleted like black out of my color palette. Because uh, I just think there is no need of negative color. I do love black sometimes, but I think it's just not what is needed. That's why I have the white lines and everything and always mm. colorful backgrounds. And orange is such an empower, like, empowering color as well. And it's becoming my brand color, actually. Lately, everyone keeps like uh, associating me with orange. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know that because I thought it's blue, actually. I, I just thought it was going to be blue. And orange is going to be a secondary one. But when I ask people, oh, yeah, 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 you have that orange one going on here. And sure, I'm like, okay, there's blue as well, by the way. <laughs> no, but, I get the orange so think, as well. Like, I think of you as the orange. Yeah, I think it just came across kind of naturally. I started using it more because it just felt more uplifting and it just popped a bit more. So it's about, you know, choice of colors, choice of what you kind of illustrate. And sometimes I do, like, illustrations about mental health issues. So I've done it in May a bit more if I feel like... Um, I know there's um, Mental Health Awareness Day coming and there's Suicidal Prevention Week in September coming up was happening that I wasn't I wasn't really on it this year I just couldn't mm. uh, had some other things to get on um, but yeah I think for my work it more goes into just making sure that message is positive someone who sees it just feels like it has that good energy coming out of you scroll on Instagram and you just see you know, oh this is beautiful and you're like oh there's something relaxing in it or something where you're like colorful and crazy mm. and then yeah it's kind of like having that message out and I, I do illustrate a lot of fashion and then sometimes I go and I illustrate food because I think food is kind of <laughs> very important and it's I don't know there's something in food and I don't know just like what I do with it and it kind of comes together fashion food mental health issues mm-hmm. and just you know having a good conversation with a friend or a cup of coffee so sometimes I do coffee cup illustrations when I try to engage with people and have a conversation about you know what's going on with a day how are they feeling mm. I think at the moment a lot of people are feeling a bit overwhelmed so I had had some conversations with people on Instagram about you know just oh, this is like so much at the moment yeah. so I'm trying to always have a conversation going on with any work if I feel like there's a need for it so in some way yeah, and definitely. Then, yeah. What are the kind of messages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the kind of <laughs> messages in particular that you hope someone kind of takes away from your work? Um, I think what I want for people, I'm actually working on this of getting this across more clearer, clearer in my Instagram. So I want for it to be a place where people can discover, be inspired, and feel uplifted. So when you go to my account. I want to have like more people talking about their mental health issue problems like that in mind, you know, and they'll be like, oh my God, this is like, I've been so anxious all day. I don't know why. And, you know, just having like these open conversations under my post. And then at the same time, people go on, they scroll through and they see some fashion and they're like, oh, wow, this is like a cool brand. So I want for it to be like a place where people can discover something new that is something good for their, you know, for the world, you know, like a lot of like sustainable small fashion brands that I'm promoting at the moment, they discover them and they go like, oh, and they go and shop for them. And when you go and shop for someone small, that kind of energy exchange that you have between having that product, you know, getting into their little business mind and see how carefully tailored that is to you, that is good for your mental health as well. And that is more beneficial uh, purchase than just going into Zara or, you know, Primark or somewhere, I think. Mm-hmm. So I want for it to be like a little place where people can discover, have, you know, have, be heard and, yeah, feel uplifted so you know if you're having a bad day you just come to honest care account and be like oh, wow this is so colorful and you know then you sit, sit around it and you be like oh my friend has a birthday coming up maybe i want to you know give them a little present of something special that's illustrated in the same style and then i'm always there to be like yeah let's do it what do you want yeah it's the energy that you're trying to like vibe up <laughs> yes i think yeah it's like yeah like kind of it's, it's still a mix of you know how I get it across I'm still working on that but I think it is getting clearer and clearer because I've been doing this for a year like the illustrations so I only started selling something during the lockdown actually because I realized that I was like oh yeah you can you can make money like that I was like wow can you I was like hmm, apparently you can <laughs> so this is going to be my first Christmas season and everything so I was like pretty scary um 
a like a small business but i've been doing it for a year and i try to always like rethink each month so what's going to be the messages what posts i want to have on what 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 i want to talk about what i think it's important for people to hear yeah so yeah for sure i think even the theme of like mental health is not super distracting from everything else that you do because i think that like the whole page is a lifestyle um there's a lifestyle aspect to it and everything's very very cohesive and i think like even um going back to when you did your graduation collection um and you actually won also one of the final semi-finalists for the red dress 2009 competition yeah absolutely i think that was a crazy adventure uh, my graduation collection, The Breakfast Club, was um, very emotional and very full of me. When I looked back when I finished my pop-up stand at university, I stepped back at it. It was like two minutes before we needed to get out of the space. I stepped back and I was like, oh my God, this looks so like me. <laughs> and I was doing menswear and I was like, how can this look like me? It was like absolutely crazy to get back at it. But yeah, it was about idea of creating garments for men that are uplifting as well like you know someone empowering so i was doing biker jackets and three different styles from sustainable material that is pinatex so it's made out of, from pineapple so you know something unique in the material something special uh that kind of brings it all together and the whole collection was upcycled recycled uh, so i tried to work with the and and the raw materials i went to a volunteer charity shop in nottingham and they gave me a lot of t-shirts like as i had like some eve saint laurent like ralphie t-shirts that i've cycled into new patchwork t-shirts that you can see in my collection and as i said i did some jersey pieces that was something that i managed to get some uh end of roll fabrics that had literally holes in it to cut them out from the, you know some kind of sampling fabrics that didn't went well that mm-hmm. this didn't work out for the brand i think it was super dry or something like that that i got it from mm-hmm. so everything within that starting from the story of having this um, imaginary kind of persona based on a real persona, Blondie McCoy. It kind of went from having a story, having this, you know, getting people together, you know, for breakfast, coffee, having an open conversation, the breakfast club being like a safe space where you can talk about your emotions because guys don't really do that. You know, they don't Mm. get coffee and be like, I feel very sad today. (laughs) I really do that. But that was kind of like idea to uh, destigmatize that you can do it. And then having the each garment being made special, having something that's very unique, that is very, you know, just for you. Mm. And nothing can be like replicated regarding that because it was all end of roll. It was all recycled. I was trying to do some zero waste, but I wasn't that successful. And then within all of that, that went um, um, together with a redress, the world's largest sustainability competition guidelines. And it was amazing to be a part of it, to get to semifinals. Uh, and um, yeah, I still, I'm still part of the community actually. And the redress is something once you're in it, you're in it. Mm. And it's still keep offering you like a lot of options, lot of opportunities as a designer as an illustrator so they are like pushing my work on their channel sometimes and it's very nice to like connect across with other designers see follow up their journey and so i was like super challenging and very interesting and i ended up winning a redress and not just the label designer choice award so i had my account featured and not just the label and i had like all the subscription open for me if i wanted to start my own brand but then I kind of chickened out because I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Would you would you go back to menswear design? I think I will, but at the moment when I graduated, I just didn't kind of find. I didn't. I couldn't find or see a niche for it or need for it. Obviously, there is an option for do made to measure menswear, but I just something is like scaring me. I can't do it alone. Maybe I need to find a business partner or someone that I could do it with. But I feel like it's a bit easier to do it for women's work because, you know, as well, that kind of mentality of a shopper until men's mentality doesn't change, that they want to be super tailored. And, you know, a regular kind of lad would never like measure themselves to get a perfectly fitted T-shirt. Mm-hmm. That is too much hassle for them. As like a woman would do that. They would like watch your YouTube video of how to like measure them to get made to order dress from, I don't know, Grey Milk or someone. Mm-hmm. I think there's just maybe there's need to you know be a few years until menswear is there as well or maybe there's something else that i could see that is needed i as i said 
I don't want to just be a designer because I want to be a designer. I have so many other like creative kind of pots that I can dip into and be like, I can be an illustrator. I can freelance. I can work with small businesses. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm working with some small fashion businesses and it's amazing learning curve. If I do decide to start my own business, I will always be like, oh, will I help them with that? And I, I'm learning so much if I do want to start my own business already. Yeah. So that is a future goal. Yeah. But it needs to be that light bulb moment. As you say, it needs to be like, okay, I need to do it now because this is the right time, right place. I'm in the right place financially and I can just go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. and you know something's missing something's missing in industry because i don't want to just you know contribute make you know just to be another brand that just makes clothes in a way it needs to be special it needs to be unique it needs to it needs to be the breakfast club idea that i had mm-hmm. but that was quite time consuming very very expensive and um yeah i think it's the start of the brand of that I need someone who knows money, who knows money, who knows how to talk business and money. <laughs> so I can just be fully creative. Yeah. Awesome. So that would be like future goals. So what are you kind of working right now that maybe we could look out for? So currently I'm working on 30 small sustainable fashion brand promotion on my Instagram account. So I've been doing it since September. Originally it was 30 days. But then I came across the problem that none of my followers are on Instagram on weekends. I was like, okay, I love you guys. You're taking your digital detox. I was like, okay, this is not fair for the brand because they're not getting engagement then. Uh, so I decided to do it only weekdays. So every weekday, I think I'm on almost 20 brands. So there's 10 brands left uh, that I'm going to feature. I'm, gonna, I'm doing a little illustration of the brand. I do the research behind it. I make sure it's sustainable. And then I kind of write three little short paragraphs of this is why it's cool. This is what they're doing with sustainability. Definitely go check them out. And sometimes I try to encourage them to, you know, show more, show more behind the scenes because there's some amazing brands you read their about page and you'll be like, I feel like I'm sitting in her studio. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is like so lovely. I, I want to see her studio. And I go, like, oh, can we get a studio tour, for example? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's uh, absolutely amazing. So that's something that I'm working on on my Instagram. And then I will see if I want to, keep going with that or adjust it to some kind of new prompt that I can do so amazing so we always end the episode with a little Q&A and it's called ask and answer and that's when our listeners could submit questions either on our Instagram page or our website and just before I ask one of the Instagram questions I want to ask one myself and I left this question specifically to the end because if people haven't come across your work or your website or the motifs that you use they're gonna be like why the hell is she asking this but my question (laughs) is what's your favorite breakfast combo (laughs) oh I love that Um, I would say at the moment it does change from season to season I love a coffee filter or flat white plus a croissant but on weekends Mm. pancakes (laughs) on yes. Sundays pancakes and watching the Simpsons that's my to go to <laughs> <laughs> any toppings in your pancakes um I don't know it depends what I have in the fridge like, I can't really cook so it depends on my boyfriend actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah I like just like regular I don't know just jam or Nutella some bananas strawberries pretty classic mm. there is amazing like breakfast place not far from me so sometimes go there but I just, I'm too full for them. They're like American style pancakes are amazing. So when I want to treat myself on Sundays, I go to that uh, breakfast place. Mm. But yeah, in general, it's always coffee and croissant on weekdays, <laughs> weekly. Like, I love it. It's so easy. Nice. Very Parisian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's very like, cringy, cringy croissant. It's like almond, proper sweet one. <laughs> I love <laughs> so, like, it. just a plain one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So then Samira from London asks, what's the weirdest brief you've ever been given? Oh, God. There's been like quite a lot. Really? Obviously the custom <laughs> illustrations. Yes, because I sometimes uh, do try to like look for some work in Upwork. <laughs> and that's just a very weird place. And I stopped doing it now. I think there's a, just better places to waste your energy to. Um, but I think the weirdest brief that I got was something about sexual health. And they wanted to make it modern and, you know, approachable. It was talking about periods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But 
then their brief ended up being so gross like mm. <laughs> everything they asked me to do I was like do you really want that like like I, I was thinking to myself this is gonna just look like horrible and obviously they they send me like examples of what they wanted and I was like okay yeah 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 they send me like some artwork that's done before I put it together and I was like oh my god like my eyes hurt so like even looking at that and I sent it to them I was like I sent it to them I was like this is horrible I was like yeah I know but this is what you asked for this is like literally what you asked for you asked me for a textbook kind of things you provided me very you, you provided me with like very graphic photos of ovaries and I think there's like a tasteful way how they could have done it Mm. and then oh and I was like I was just there like yeah <laughs> we decided to part our ways and not work on this project but I think that was like one of the weirdest briefs I got oh god what is it that was specifically asked of you I'm intrigued now can you share that or <laughs> yeah I think I can like they I think they didn't know what they wanted so obviously that's with me learning how to work with customers mm-hmm. um so they wanted a postcard design and I've done some like amazingly nice, cute postcards for plant businesses, for uh, like some other like little small businesses, just like little illustrations, multipliers as a wallpaper and it looks mm. super cute. So that's what I submitted them. And I thought that was something like cute, sophisticated, fun. And they honestly didn't even give me a brief of what it's for. They just said, oh, we want for it to look as a textbook. And I was like, okay, textbook. I was like, that was like, that's so boring straight lines no like you know creativity and a text just to know have a good layout so it could be readable uh, and then yeah that's what they asked for me and then they provided me with some materials some other things and I was like eh. oh. and I saw it and I was like oh my god what have I got myself into that's so strange it could have potentially been something so good but I think yeah maybe they didn't yeah. know I think if yeah, I think, yeah, I could have, but then on the other hand, when I saw that, I just, I, you just need to know how to talk to a client to understand what they actually want, what companies for. Mm. So you need to like really question out everything to make sure you're happy with doing this project. Because quite a lot of times when I get approached for custom illustrations by people on Instagram, I always go like, oh, do you like any of my art? Do you like any of my illustrations? Do you want to send, you know, do you want to send me like which style you like? Because sometimes they're a bit different, like color wise. Do you have any colors that you want me to include? So always make sure that if I'm working with someone, they like what I do and they, you know, they kind of want me, they want me to have the creative freedom and then I want to get them involved. And it's like a nice kind of bit of collaboration. It's not like they just hire me mm. and then I don't talk to them for a week and I send them an illustration and they go like, oh, this is, hor- this is horrendous. This is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I never do that. So once I work on like custom illustration, if you come to me, I always suggest send you like color palette suggestions. I send you a quick sketch. I do like in three phases. Then I send almost finished version it's sometimes almost finished version people are going yeah cool I don't want any shadowing I just want it to be plain and a bit simple and they're happy with that soon as they go like oh can I have a bit more of that and then I send them the final one and they're usually so far everyone's been happy with it because <laughs> I get them involved yeah it's good that you've got like a learn like a learning from that <laughs> weird brief <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was like I was honestly there I still haven't opened my outboard accounts since then <laughs> I was so traumatized <laughs> to probably get into it it just happens on these platforms sometimes they I do get some weird approaches from people to illustrate something about sex education mm-hmm. and then I go like oh, I just don't think that's my niche really mm. Uh, but there's I think there's just other people who are more better at that and you need to know you need to like evaluate each product and be like yeah this is good for me I, I'm confident I'm strong within that and then you need to be like you need to know when to say no yeah so if sure. I would have known that that project was for period empowerment or something like that I maybe would have stayed away from it because mm-hmm. they could have just found someone else who's better at that yeah <laughs> so, yeah sure. awesome so just before we also leave off where can our listeners find you uh so yeah they can find me on instagram anna kia underscore designs because someone has anna kia oh no nice. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's anna kia underscore designs on instagram i have my website anakia.com that is under maintenance for october before i launch my christmas card collection and maybe something special uh for christmas shopping kind of spree and um i'm an Facebook as well but I don't really use it so if someone's on Facebook I'm Anakia on Facebook and I'm Anakia Anakia McGee 
on LinkedIn. So that's my full name, actually. Awesome. But that's more complicated to pronounce. But if you find me on Instagram, that's the best place to get in touch with me. I'm always on it. I'm a bit lazy when applying on DMs, but I always get around it within a few days. <laughs> so yeah, drop me a message. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the show, Anna. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. I think it was like nice actually being in a podcast has been on my um, mood board, not my mood board, my goal board for like a year or so. Yay! <laughs> and I'm... I was like, I was like so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is like, I can take this off now. Oh yeah, that's so funny because um, a person who I recorded just before you also said the same thing. It was like one of her like, <laughs> I want to do lists. So I'm so glad I ticked two people's podcast things yeah. off oh amazing yeah so I'm, I'm very glad as so I can't like you know I can't show it to my mom because she doesn't understand what a podcast but I've been telling to my friend like, yeah I do a podcast interview like, ah, it's so <laughs> oh great thank you so much again yeah thank you so much for having me it was so nice talking to you and uh, yeah can't wait to hear this <laughs> So we may have stopped talking, but that doesn't mean you have to. Join us and the rest of the AA fam on our website at animaanimus.co.uk to connect and continue the conversation within our forum spaces. Please do drop me what your thoughts were on this episode. You can even submit any voice notes, ideas, or stories that you'd like me to share on the show. You can also find all the links we've mentioned in this episode in the show notes available on our website. And I would be so, so grateful if you could help me make this show become more discoverable for others by leaving a five-star review on your favorite episode and a social media handle I can contact you with because I would love to connect and thank you all personally. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you so much again for coming through and for listening. I really appreciate you joining this journey with me in driving discussions and creating positive industry change. Once again, I want to send you all a mad, mad love. And until next week, this was the Anima Animas podcast with Chelsea now signing out.